Touching the Earth, Odette Auger. This story is about an opportunity to attend an indigenized training series. This story first aired on Cortez Radio, LJI Initiative. A local youth attended an indigenized training series. The goals of the training were fivefold to strengthen the way that we walk in the world through the five modules, connecting to myself, to others, to community, to our cultural strengths, and to the land. I work for Indigenize and I attended Touch the Earth Facilitator training. Excitingly, my daughter Sophia, 15, was invited by the director as a youth trainee. We traveled from Cortez to the Okanagan. This session of the training was held at Headwaters Lake Camp. So the camp is at 21 kilometers mark, and then we turn left. Okay. We're going to the lodge. Said there's a section of washboard, but it's not the whole way. When I arrived at the camp, I visited with director Kelly Turbasket in a cozy cabin on Headwaters Lake. Why Haskell Halt Incha Esquist Kelly Turbasket? Hi everyone, my name is Kelly Turbasket and I'm the program director for Indigenize and the co-founder. And I'm also one of the lead facilitators. Indigenize is about renewing relationships. Renewing our relationships with each other and with the land. Snach silch means sharing one's skin. We share one membrane with each other, with all our relations, including those non-human relations. And our mission is to strengthen those, our connection and our relationships with the land, with the water, in order to become stronger stewards of the land and remember our responsibilities to the whole. Indigenize is medicine for relationships and that includes our relationship with the land and with our water. That we remember and revitalize our traditional teachings and values and principles that remind us that we do share one skin with all our relations. Snach silch means that we are interconnected and interdependent on one another for our existence and our sustenance. White chiapt, my understanding of that translates to focusing on the triangle behind us, that of our ancestors, and bringing forth that traditional wisdom and knowledge that we need to um, forge healthy, sustainable, thriving pathways forward, not only for ourselves, but for our future generations, the people to be. And we are a bridge between those triangles full of possibilities and full of choices to make together. I love that 
I love that expression in that it implies that we're not alone and the importance of our reconnection with each other is to help us have hope, help us feel capacity and that we are not stuck where we're at, that we have lots of opportunities for how we can move forward together. A big part of the work that we do is about inspiring momentum, building courage, and fostering hope that we can make changes that we want to make for for everyone. The main intention of Touch the Earth land-based leadership training is to build capacity in our communities for how to run youth empowerment land-based camps. We have uh, been running our own camps with Indigenized for the last seven years. The intention of Touch the Earth land-based leadership training is to support frontline workers in bringing youth out on the land in a way that is fun and engaging and nurturing. We talk a lot about returning children to the center of the community and acknowledge that it takes a community to raise a child. And I invite us to think of that community as also being our relations on the land, our four-legged and two-legged and the plants and medicines. And simply being on the land is a nurturing experience on its own. A lot of times the land-based programs that I've witnessed have a focus more on teaching rather than on building and strengthening the relationship we have with our relatives. And so we include all aspects of um, revitalizing and the resurgence of our land-based knowledge and wisdom But where we start is around simply allowing ourselves to sit in silence and notice and be curious using more of our senses. Opening up our minds, our bodies and our spirits to how the land can help heal us and strengthen us. The Indigenized Mission We believe that a healthy society requires intergenerational collaboration. We know that diversity is a resource. We also know that, as Indigenous people, our capacity for healthy relationships is in recovering. We encourage communities to explore their own cultures and to think deeply about what traditional values mean in a contemporary world. Like Coyote and Raven, Indigenous people have been transforming ourselves for thousands of years. A new day is dawning. Indigenized says the time to stand united in our strength is now. Connecting with the land. This Leadership Essentials program offers tools to heal the wounds of colonization by restoring the spirit of community. This training program utilizes tools to restore relationships with self, with others, and with culture and with the land. The work at Indigenized bases leadership practice on that vital source of insight, the land itself. Our land-based education is inspired by the rediscovery camps that began on Haida Gwaii in the late 70s. 
I asked one of the facilitators, Skyu Louie, to tell me more about rediscovery. Why My name's Skyu. I'm uh, from the Smilkameen Valley, uh, Lower Smilkameen Indian Band. I'm Silk, Sukhwatmik, and German. And I've uh, been working with indigenized for about five years, bringing the rediscovery model into our indigenized programming. And the rediscovery model really uses a lot of uh, sensory activities, um, focusing on the land from a macro and micro sense, uh, from many different lenses uh, to promote deeper connection, deeper understanding through uh, personal introspection and also in conversation with other folks who are joining uh, camp program activities. And it's been really powerful to watch the rediscovery model being engaged with more arts-based, creative sort of playmaking and um, creative expression. And for our indigenized camps, we try and root our our rediscovery programs into uh, local indigenous context. So when we're running our camps in the Silk territory, we bring in our Silk uh, language and culture and ceremony and into conversation with some of the rediscovery models that um, have been developed for the last uh, 20 years or so. What I love most about the work being done at Indigenize what makes it personally meaningful me to join them in this work is the centering of Indigenous knowledge. Indigenize curriculum describes this focus as the natural world has been a source of personal wisdom for Indigenous people for time immemorial. Our elders and knowledge keepers continually remind us that we must focus on upholding our responsibilities to the land and not just solely on our rights to it. We all need more of this in our lives, connection to the land creative self-expression, traditional cultural teachings. It is these three held within a nurturing intergenerational container that is a force for healing and community building. Indigenous knowledge is critical to transforming our culture from a consumer, material, human-centered identity to one that's governed by natural laws of respect, responsibility, and reciprocity with the earth. And where it really becomes validating to me, confirming what I know and I have experienced, the concept of time spent on the land. It's one example of how Indigenous knowledge must be reclaimed, and it shows itself in the settler colonial notions of linear time. These constructs of linear time were actualized through the Indian Act and Canadian identity narratives, and they delegitimize Indigenous knowledge, history, and presence. Together we can look at decolonial practices such as traditional languages and art, along with pre-colonial economic systems. Indigenize combines those traditional learnings with an embodied knowledge of Indigenous practices. Centering ourselves in this lived way of being can rupture those colonial geographies. By looking further into the politics of what are considered valid ways of knowing and being, we can remove these narratives so that Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples can move towards anti-colonial consciousness together. (laughs) 
So we're doing an introduction to the land, to this land in particular, taking time to walk out, finding a spot to sit and connect. So much kinnikinnik here, it's so different from where we live on Cortez. Here in the Similkameen, it's drier, a lot of Labrador tea, kinnikinnik. of alpine wildflowers. The lupins are smaller. The soap berries. Pine smells really good. I guess as I walk uphill to find my spot, I'm comparing and contrasting it to the West Coast. All the underbrush is totally different, lower and drier. When we first got here, we did a protocol for visitors to this territory. And then I start to notice the other contrast. Instead of contrasting this territory to the territory of the Kluhus people where I lived, I start to see contrasts right here. The hills appear so dry. A lot of dead pine mixed with rebirth and new pines, small trees. I look over at a spiky pine needles and I see the soft, brown hair-like lichen blowing in the breeze. There's softness underneath the hard. Even this dry stick, it seems so hard. And when I touch it, it's soft. Also soft. I haven't done a road trip in a long time. The winding, winding 
washboarded out <laughs> dirt road on the way in kind of left me feeling a little carsick when I arrived. Maybe walking around will help feel a little better. And as I walk down, I don't know why I didn't notice it coming up. There's wild strawberry everywhere. Crisscrossing the path, all throughout the undergrowth. And I know, I know from when I was young that wild strawberry leaf was an excellent medicine for anything with digestion and stomach. So I start chewing on it. And there's more as I walk, I pick up the leaves. It's good medicine. What's mostly interesting to me is that I didn't see it until I had done my connecting with the land. Almost like blinders, I didn't see the medicine I needed. And now I see it everywhere. In a recent article by Indigenized co-founder Kim Haxton, she wrote on nativism. Recently, I had a conversation around the usage of the term native. I found myself in an uncomfortable place discussing semantics of this word. On the one hand, my friend claimed that she's native to Canada due to being born on these lands, although culturally she is not indigenous. I began to ask if in pre-colonial times we referred to ourselves as natives. Of course, we did not. The wordplay is mind-boggling to me. A few weeks later, I was at a garden centre and I saw my answer. There are native plants that are from this land, evolved over millennia to exist in an area that is simple to understand. There are introduced species, for which I'm grateful for the variety, as I look at them in my evening walks around the city. And finally, there are also invasive species. So that's been some of my roles, really focusing on some of the land-based activities um, and trying to develop our own process and really um, engaging senses of sound, um, um, touch and sight and all of our all of our senses and how we engage with the land. And we like to use uh, sensory exclusion activities to really tune in on some of the senses that we often neglect in our day-to-day -day lives. And so that's what we try and bring into our camp process. Um, and then we, we, we allow that experience to unfold and then we um, have conversations about them and we, we talk about what we're witnessing on the land and how, how the land is changing and also how we can learn from the land. So there are different, different strategies to really to find the land as a teacher. I think the major difference was last year we did workshops and stuff that we were learning but I was more focused on like making friends and the social aspect of it. And now I know that I'm here to learn how to do that. So there's not really any point in focusing on the other part because there's not any kids here. It's all about the learning part. You know, like you were saying last year, last summer at Headley Indigenized Youth Camp, you were experiencing it. Now you're experiencing it with teachers, social workers, youth workers, and and listening to them process how they're learning to do these activities with youth. 
Like, does that feel weird sometimes, or is it just an extra layer of learning? What is it like for you? Um, it's interesting. I didn't know that before that the adults did that, like, did it themselves and talked about it and then did it with us. I thought they just did it to, like, teach us a little bit, but also to, like, entertain us. So I didn't know they were, like, doing it and then debriefing it and, like, thinking about all the little games and stuff. Pretty interesting. I really like going on the walk and being able to see the different land and the different plants. Like there was, I went to this hill and there was a bunch of grass and it was sort of clearish and there was a bunch of little strawberry plants. That was really nice because where I live there isn't little wild strawberry plants. Just like pine needles and ferns along the ground. Out of many land-based activities, one that focused on indigenous ways of knowing and relating with the natural world is greet a tree. People joined in pairs. One person wears a blindfold and the other takes them on a walk to find and to meet a tree. Later in the activity, they get to take the blindfold off and try to find that tree again. Participants experience the learning that there are other diverse ways in which we can connect, not only with the natural world, but also with each other. I'll take your hand. Okay, go slow. Some little roots here. Okay, there's some kinnikinnik. I'm gonna scratch your ankles. Okay, and a log across across the path. Got some trees on your right. Now we're going uphill. It's the path. Some little wild strawberries. There's a big log here. Oh, slow down. There's a bunch of little branches on the other side. And then there's your tree. So feel your tree. Yeah, feel the bark. Any distinguishing features on that tree, feel. Okay. Feel if there's any little nubbins. Little nubbins. Anything else that you notice? Some moss. Some lichen. A little beard there. Okay, so now I'm gonna walk you back. Okay, and when we get down to the bridge again, the bottom of the hill, um, we'll take your blindfold off. And then you'll see if you can find your tree on this little island hill. So the reflection for that exercise was, um, was there any theme? Like, what did you notice about that? And what was in common with the other groups doing it, the other partners? And then the second question was, um, was there anything you could incorporate into relationships? Um, well, you have to have lots of trust because you're, like, giving up being able to you know fend for yourself and watch out for things you have to totally believe that they'll tell you when there is something and to warn you about it and let you um be able to you know tell you when there's a log let you have time to step over it and let you go slowly not just like pull you over logs and stuff into the bush 
Well, for me, it was more like trusting your own self too. Like there's the trust of your partner to lead you and describe and empathize for where the hazards might be and to guide you nicely. But it was also trusting yourself when that blindfold came off, right? Like, yeah, just for me, just going with my instinct, like I know which direction it is, even though there's four different ways to get up this hill, just sort of following your intuition. Yeah, because when you first start looking, you sort of guess. And like, if there's one that seems like it could be, you're like, oh, I think it was that one. And then you'll go close and you'll figure out it's not. And then you'll sort of look around and be like, okay, where is my tree? And then when you'll see it, you'll be like, oh yeah, of course it's this one. I know this tree. So that's pretty cool. How these intentions, goals, and themes impact youth continue to be reinforced through conversations with other participants and staff. Hi, I'm Dana Tresera Setter. I'm from the Whispering Pines Clinton Indian Band, part of the Shaquatnik Nation. And I wanted to come over and honor Sophia and speak to her about the strength that it took for her to come into the circle with adult learners. I was grateful for her voice and hearing her speak and watching her move in comfort from discomfort through to more comfort. And and, and to learn from Sophia, from you, what you were, you know, from what you were doing, how you were moving and how you were being. So I'm very grateful for you. And thank you for being here. And your mama for bringing you all my relations. Hi, my name is Annie Phillips and I am a mixed heritage person. I'm Cree on, on my mother's side and from the Montreal Lake Cree Nation and Scottish on my father's side. And I am an, the administrator uh, with Indigenize and also a facilitator in training. And I watch the youth come in. They come and they register and I see um, how they're shy and quiet and may not know what to do with themselves at the beginning. And this beautiful process unfolds um, through seven days of being on the land with them. And Sophia blossomed uh, from the beginning of camp. At, I remember very distinctly when we were doing our closing ceremony and Sophia had said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go home. And it was just so wonderful to hear her say that because like watching Sophia blossom, um, becoming more animated, more playful, more interactive. Uh, she was also one of the three youth leaders um, and so led us during camp. Uh, I think that was the last day. Yeah, the last day or the second last day. Um, so to, to see, witness Sophia step into that, not knowing what does, what does this role, um, what do I need to do in this role? And, you know, she jumped in. Um, so seeing that part, like this amazing transformation happen over the seven days. And then being here today um, and having a nice time being with Sophia, talking about leadership and seeing Sophia's strengths, like she's just blossoming. Um, 
more voice like I'm seeing Sophia speak more share more share more of yourself with us and I honestly feel so honored um, to witness this you know our youth really stepping forward because it's it's can be scary to, to put your voice out there um, and to take that risk Another big part of our focus is on igniting our imagination. And this is something that's really unique in our indigenized methodologies from other programs out there, is that we're combining land-based methodologies from rediscovery and from Outward Bound and and from our um, cultural teachings. we're fusing or mixing that with our creative empowerment methodologies, which ignites the imagination, strengthens our innovation, as well as it helps us build courage by stepping outside of our comfort zone and doing things in a new way. It's disrupting our patterns, the status quo, the way that we've become accustomed to interacting with each other and interacting with the land. And so the first step is just that that disruption needs to be in a way that's inviting and not overwhelming. I would say the most common feedback we get consistently from participants who go through our Touch the Earth program is how relaxed and calm they feel and how connected they feel to others. It's amazing how quickly we can strengthen, um, build trust in our, in, when we use these methodologies. And so people come there thinking like, okay, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get a curriculum and I'm going to learn how to run a land-based program. And they leave with much more than that. They leave with realizing that it's not only about what you do, it's about how you do it. So therefore, it's about who you are as you are facilitating the workshop or your your land-based program or your youth empowerment program. It's not only about what you do. And so that is a big emphasis of our um, methodologies and the focus of our workshops is about helping participants to reconnect to themselves. And in this fast-paced world, many of our frontline workers are stressed out and overwhelmed. And so it is definitely one of the biggest um, feedback that we get is around like how they didn't realize how stressed they were until they weren't stressed. And so when we talk about co-regulation and about, um, you know, fostering like attachment with healthy attachments with each other as we share one skin as we say in our culture in Sokshan snach silch we share one skin so it's not only about giving youth and children um, self-regulation skills it's about giving them co-regulation skills on how do we allow ourselves to be co-regulated with the land and with each other so that is when we do our closing circle and we have our share share back that is definitely a common theme around the whole circle is that they feel rejuvenated joyful and peaceful happy 
And those are things that we don't necessarily put on our poster because those don't sell. <laughs> it's hard to get PD funds for that, but it is definitely that self-care and that self-nurturing is a big part of um, the outcomes of our Touch the Earth workshop. Lim Lim, thank you. So what is the importance of this type of programming? We are truly living in unprecedented times. The polarities of what we are seeing on an environmental, social, and geopolitical level are overwhelming. Connecting to the earth, ourselves, and each other is paramount to making the shifts for change. I love those words from Indigenized Curriculum, and we are working on communication and self-awareness, deepening our intuition and our senses, and connecting to the collective wisdom that comes when we are in right relationship with the earth.